What's up everybody and welcome to B2B Made Simple. If you're passionate about marketing, you're in the right place. Whether you're doing marketing for a brand new startup or a $100 million enterprise, you'll learn strategies that'll help you build a solid team, impact your pipeline, and look like an absolute rock star to upper management. Why? Because these guys are the pros. They're not pretending to know the industry, they're in the trenches on a daily basis. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the co-founder of One Click Agency. We build websites for B2B companies, and I'm also the co-host of this podcast. If your goal is to become the marketer everyone else looks up to, keep listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to B2B Made Simple. Um, my special guest today, Tyler Birch, the director of digital marketing at Board Active. Um, and before we, we jump in, I've known Tyler for quite a while on LinkedIn, and Honestly, he has to be one of the most thoughtful commenters on other people's posts that I've ever seen. Like legit, it's really true. Um, and that's one of the things that really stuck out to me way back when we connected. So Tyler, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Sam. And, and, and thanks for the compliments, man. I appreciate it. Honestly, dude, you must put a lot of time into them because they stand out. You're doing something right. Um, and I think a lot of people can learn from you for sure. I appreciate it. Yeah, I just think that uh, you know, a lot of people talk about like engage on LinkedIn. And so people assume that like by commenting at all, they've like then done the job and it's like, no, not quite. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and so I try to make, make it a point to never leave a comment like nice or great point, or mm -hmm. I agree just because, uh, it's not contributing to the conversation. Um, there's ways to say that and then expound on, um, another nuance or perspective or asking a question is something I do a ton, um, just because yeah. I get to steal their knowledge and, and they get the chance to flex it and maybe help out some other people that are checking out the, the comments. Yeah. Well, you're doing it right, man. Uh, like I said, it stuck out to me. So if you're listening to this and you stop now, like that's one thing you can learn, just go check out Tyler's LinkedIn and look at his activities because he's always commenting really nice things, really thoughtful and actual like genuine comments. So good job, man, that stuck out. Um, so what are you guys doing at Board Active? What is it, what is it you guys offer? Yeah, so Board Active, uh, we work primarily with mobile apps and, and we've really specifically targeted smaller apps, um, whether that's a startup or just somebody with really less than 50,000 users. And what we do for those mobile apps is we have an SDK. It's essentially a plugin uh, of code, a block of code that allows the mobile app to then send push notifications based on geofences. So think like a Snapchat filter, how you like show up at a restaurant and all of a sudden that restaurant's filter comes up in the same way we can do that with a push notification. So that if I go to central park in New York, I might get a notification there for a special at the Starbucks close by that no other Starbucks user would get around the world, the country, et cetera. So it allows for a lot of personalization and targeting at the right place. That's super cool. Um, all right, so let's hop right in. So one thing you've come to the realization of is you don't have to track everything in marketing. You don't have to measure everything in marketing, especially B2B marketing. Um, you know, how did you kind of come about that? What what led you to that? Was that something you learned or is it more of the hands-on? <laughs> it's a little bit of both, man. Like you said, just, just prying, um, prying from people's knowledge on LinkedIn, but also just from... So, you know, we're, we're a small team. We've got a small marketing team specifically of about five of us. And so trying to figure out how do we best spend our time 
um, and how do we, you know, push the needle forward in the most efficient manner possible. Um, it can be easy to start, you know, building reports that take an hour and they're all dressed up and you're looking at all these different metrics. And, and it's not to say that those metrics aren't helpful, um, but there does come a point where there's a trade-off at like, okay, all the time I'm spending collecting and thinking on these metrics when really like I could probably pay attention to a handful of metrics that are really going to tell me like, hey, we're growing right now. Hey, we're like plateauing right now. Or like we need to flip a switch because, you know, things got to change. Yeah. So we've had a number of people uh, on the podcast talk about um, metrics and how they're really over obsessed. Um, what are some, what are a few, a few KPIs or things that you guys measure that kind of set the tone for the rest of the organization without obsessing yeah. over things? Yeah. So we, we like to measure and me personally, I really love uh, the number of just inbound requests we get. So we're a company, we're a B2B SaaS platform. Um, you know, we take people through demos and stuff like that. And so um, when we get inbound uh, inquiries about like, Hey, like, uh, you know, like I'm a mobile app and saw that you guys do some stuff with retention and retargeting. Um, I'd like to hear more about what you guys do. Um, that's one of our big metrics is getting those inbound inquiries because that tells us our contents at work. It tells us, um, you know, the, the outreach strategy that we have is working um, because we're making waves that allow them to come back to us um, instead of having to make that ask. And then um, other ones that we like to look at include um, the time spent on our, on our website. We just feel like um, it can be easy to send a lot of traffic to a website that, that isn't quality and it's not qualified mm -hmm. traffic. Um, and you'll see that those people bounce pretty quickly. And so we look to see like, not just, okay, are these people qualified by the click through rate and like how quickly they bounce off the page, but like, are they spending time? Like, because they're curious and interested and like actually evaluating, like, does this work for me? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, uh, one of the other KPIs that we measure. And then, um, I guess a third one that we really look at is just, um, for us, email is a really big channel. And so we, we really look to see, um, how our open numbers look. And so we're constantly, uh, because it's easy to build a list and build it bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And one of the things that happened when I came in was our list was up to like, I don't know, like five or 10,000. I can't remember which now, but, um, and I was looking at our open rates and they were just abysmal. And I was like, these people clearly do not want our emails. They're people that we're wasting our time targeting. They're people that like, maybe they are, you know, part of our ICP, but like right now they're not interested. Like, let's mm -hmm. not piss them off to the point where they're like, I'm not doing business with them. They just, you know, raid my inbox with emails. And so we pared that list down to about 2000 open rates increased. And really what we, what we got to see was from that 2000, we had a lot better understanding of from who's opening our emails. Like who should we be reaching out to? How do we know when, um, they've warmed up enough to the point where we might be able to reach out in a one-to-one -one manner um, and different mm -hmm. things like that. So those are three big ones that we target here. Um, all right. So I'm going to dissect that a little bit. Let's go back to the website. Um, what has been the amount of time that you guys have found is the sweet spot, whether it's this amount of time and more where you're like, oh, that's it. Is there like a set time that you look for? Yeah. So we don't have a particular set time that we're looking for from an individual standpoint, just because like, we're not, again, like we want to track just like the metrics that matter. And, and we want to do that as quickly as possible. But as far as like that average time across the board, 
Um, we've seen a significant spike in activity and meetings booked once we get beyond that minute and a half point um, because it takes time, especially because the, our target audience, it's specific to our company, um, they're typically under-resourced. They're um, typically, uh, you know, overzealous and, and maybe not as technically sound in their practice. And so um, they're having to do some like understanding and some and some exploration on our website of like, okay, like, why does retention matter? Because for us, yeah. we found that especially in the early goings of startups with less than 50,000 users, it's easy to obsess over user acquisition. And so people, if they have a budget, will spend like almost 100% of that marketing budget on acquisition. And they'll just completely neglect things like retention, which is really our sweet spot. And so mm -hmm. um, having them like start to like, maybe for the first time understand like, oh, like I can get a hundred thousand users tomorrow, but because my retention rate is about like 5%, like that's going to be a massive waste in ad spend. Like it's going to look good on the cost per install, but it's not going to look good on the like lifetime value of a user. Yeah. Um, the email you mentioned there, first off, you shave down the list from 10, 20 to 10 K, 10 to 20 K down to two K. Um, I think that was a, a good move. I think more people need to do that. Um, what was what was your decision in doing that? Did you send out like a mass email saying, uh, hey, do you even want our email anymore? Or was it like a, a dead for uh, 90 days? Yeah, great question. So we did two things. One, uh, we just took a look at the history. And so we mm -hmm. like use HubSpot. And so we, we uh, filtered the data down to people that had received X amount of emails and that had opened zero. And we yeah. immediately cut all those from oh. the list. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we started to... Um, do a couple more filters that, you know, move closer and closer towards like these people might actually actually be interested or paying attention. Um, and then finally, we we once we got into that point on the list, we sent out an email, like you said, kind of basically trying to find their intent and whether they'd like to receive emails in the future. And then mm -hmm. we adjusted the list from there and, and came to our final number. A common problem we see in the B2B industry is companies maxing out their marketing teams because they attempt to handle their website in-house. We see this all the time. From redesigns to regular maintenance, we know it's easy for your team to drown in the amount of work it takes to keep a website updated, secure, and current with the times. And let's face it, working on a website isn't that fun. The worst part, hiring a full-time developer to handle that workload can cost over $100,000 a year. Here at One Click Agency, we build websites for B2B companies for just a fraction of that cost. Whether your website is five pages or 355 pages, our US-based team of designers and developers can handle your website project with ease. If your team is totally capped and needs help with website maintenance or even a full redesign, visit OneClickAgency.com to get a quote today. Visit OneClickAgency.com so your marketing team can get back to doing what they love. OneClickAgency.com. And I like what you mentioned. You guys do like a personal reach out when someone's warmed up. Um, I mean, so for example, my list, our list here at, at One Click, it's really not anything pretty. I mean, it's we send out some marketing content and like podcast updates. And I mean, it's valuable, but I never really thought about how to personally ask when someone is pretty warmed up. What was the line for you guys where you said, oh, man, these guys are warmed up. And how can other um, B2B companies apply that? Yeah. So I think, uh, once we realized that they were warmed up, um, and I've, I think I've made a post on this, that's maybe in my future post on LinkedIn, but you want to send 
some kind of outreach that one is kind of zigging where others zag. And so like, it's really easy to send out an email once they're on your email list. But I found that reaching out on LinkedIn, uh, it's a lot less simple to automate a LinkedIn DM and people still do it. Um, but then from there, like they're already like, okay, this might not be automated. And then basically trying to write with a level of authenticity and personalization that just goes to show that it's like, I took way too much time to like look this stuff up yeah. and it doesn't have to be a lot of time, but like I took enough time to look this up to where it's like, this isn't something that can go for anybody, but the person that I'm speaking to and writing mm -hmm. in a manner. I think a lot of times the saddest part is people will write uh, with a voice on LinkedIn that sounds like a bot. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it comes off like super templated. And the saddest part is it's like, they're not templating that message and yeah. like it's just not serving them any good and so mm -hmm. trying to find little ways to to add flair and you know informality to to the process because at the end of the day you can be b2b and people say human to human i i don't care about like the terminology that, that you use but like it's a one-to-one -one outreach um yeah. and like there could be multiple decision makers on the back end but in order to get your foot in the door you've got to meet the door the doorkeeper you know the gatekeeper so um, that's, that's really our approach as far as how we reached out individually. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, so with the, the emails, I think some people might be listening going, well, how will I know when someone's warmed up? What has been something that you guys have learned when it comes to the emails? Is it because they opened five in a row, uh, because they've been on your list for a year? What has been something where you look at them and say, now's the time to send that personalized message on LinkedIn, which I really like. That's awesome. What has been that line for you guys? Totally. So any click, um, but well, it, it depends on people's clicks, but in, yeah. in our emails, our clicks are generally a, a really good indicator um, because yeah. it's content that um, is kind of informing them about like what they need to do to improve. It's shown that they're, uh, they, it basically anytime they click in one of our emails, it's showing that there's a problem that they're aware of or that they're trying to figure out if they have. And so that's when we like to intervene and say like, Hey, like we know kind of what we sent you and like, we can probably help you get to the bottom of this faster than you can do the research on your own. Mm -hmm. Um, and then additionally, like if somebody opens two or more emails, um, they're paying attention and it, it depends on the level of content, um, or the, not the level, but the type of content. So like, um, if you're just sending out like value that is not related to your company at all, you might want to look for a couple more opens. Yeah. Um, but if it's opened it twice, I, I, I've found that they're pretty willing to have a conversation with you simply because that open is, is a stamp of like trust and it's mm -hmm. not complete trust, but it's enough trust to be like, I don't think you're spamming me. I think you might be able to help me. I might learn something from you. And so once we reach out, we reach out with a posture of like, we're not making the hard sell here. Um, but we figure if you're opening our emails, you might be trying to, you know, figure something out and it might not require you paying for a solution. And we want to be a part of that discussion so that we can get you where you need to go. So that when the time comes where you might need something like us, we're the people that come top of mind. Yeah. Um, I have one more question before we move on. This is super interesting. Oh. this whole process that you guys go through. Um, so in your LinkedIn message, do you mention, Hey, I saw you open a couple of our emails or is it like, I'm just reaching out and they're like, Oh, how did he know? 
Yeah, I, I mentioned uh, transparency is, is a great way to show that you're not automating. It's a great yeah. way to show that you individually are paying attention to them and their accounts. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love to mention like, hey, I saw that you clicked on, you know, our emails a couple of times um, because it, it's just like, it's one of the, it's again, it's one of those tricks that shows like, Hey, I'm not automating this message. I've been paying yeah. attention to you. What like your activity is with, uh, you know, between us two. And so I found that people use that as a way to recognize like, okay, they're serious about what they've said. They're not just saying like, Hey, I noticed you're interested. That can mean anything. And like, how many spam messages have we gotten where it's something like that? <laughs> so yeah, I found that transparency is really great um, for, for getting prospects and leads to like let their walls down. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, so moving on from that, uh, how do your key metrics impact your decision-making? So you have three that you guys go off of. Um, mm -hmm. When you're making like a major decision, do you look deeper into the numbers or is it these are our, our, our KPIs and these are what we're sticking to? Um, so that's a great question. Um, and I, I don't know if I have a fully formed opinion there yet, actually. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, one of my big, one of my big, like, uh, mantras, marketing mantras, I guess, is just like speed, be fast, yeah. um, test, 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 pivot, 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 tweak, 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 so that, um, you'll start to catch, you know, a lot fast, like you got to swing in order to, to hit the ball. Um, mm -hmm. and like there, I, I think I just heard it yesterday. I, actually, I was on, on the way back from a friend's wedding and I was listening to how I built this with Guy Raz and, uh, one of the, one of the guests that was being interviewed said like, you know, like I think having a fish jump in your boat is pretty lucky and everybody can agree with that, but you can't have the fish jump in your boat unless you're fishing. Uh, you gotta be out there on the water. And so in the same sense, like I want to test as much as possible so that like once I strike something, I can then like test it further and then, Oh, it's working. And now I double down on it. So mm -hmm. yeah, my That's mind's awesome. not right up there though, as far as the, the whole question goes, No, that um, makes sense. Of, especially just because we're, a, we're, we're an under-resourced team. We're part of a startup. Um, and so we got to move fast and make things happen. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of the mentality I've taken so far. Mm -hmm. um, so how should the minimal metrics, a couple of KPIs, how should that translate to presentations, especially to senior management? Yeah. I would so, imagine they appreciate it, right? Um, it just depends, man. Uh, there's going to be some, there's going to be some people that want more than others. Like the way that we present to our CMO does involve some more metrics because we're having marketing conversations where things like lifetime value and customer acquisition cost and, and there's plenty of metrics that like are important in marketing and that will be more important for others depending on their industry that we'll have a conversation about those with our CMO because our CMO is very familiar with what we're doing and how these things are impacting some of the smaller metrics that allow us to really key in on some of our bigger metrics um, and then whereas like for our CEO, we're probably going to try and pare it down one because CEOs are busy. Um, they have yeah. plenty of different, uh, teams to, to work with throughout the day. And also just because, um, their understanding and, and education and marketing is going to naturally be a little bit more limited than a CMO that's seeing it day to day. That's especially in marketing when things change year to year five years, 10 years, things are just completely different. 
mm-hmm. the way that people use social media 10 years ago has is, is evolved a ton. And so yeah. um, a CEO that's not on the ground every day working on those kinds of things is going to lose sight and, and, and have some, you know, less educated understanding of what we're doing. And so we try and keep it top heavy, 30,000 feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last question for you. Um, what would you say to a marketer that has been taught or it's in their personality? Cause that's there too, to obsess over metrics. I mean, I kind of do it honestly, but what would you yeah. say to them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard because I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, as much as like I tell you what I strive for and what like my yeah. aim is, like I break my rules all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I'll, I'll <laughs> sit there like opening the the yes. metrics and like refresh, refresh, refresh. So like I'm, I'm right there in the thick of it too. And like the thing you have to realize is like your metrics aren't going to change by you looking at them, but they will change when when you're at work and when you're trying to. Uh, figure out new ways to do things and different ways to do things. And so um, just understand that really like if you can think big picture and figure out how to impact those main KPIs, you'll notice that a bunch of the smaller KPIs are going to improve and those can inform a decision on the bigger KPI, but like you have to hone in somewhere. And so hone in where you can have, the greatest deal of impact. And so that's really kind of the advice I've tried to continue to, you know, press into myself and that I'm still growing into. Well, Tyler, thanks so much for joining me, man. Um, where can we find yeah. out more about you personally, whether they want yeah. to go read all your comments or even some of your content? <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm on LinkedIn and, uh, you know, love to connect with people and, and uh, have conversations and, and engage in the comments and in post and uh, over DMs and, and video calls. But also, um, I recently uh, joined the marketing Twitter world. And so you can find me at, I want to say Tyler G. Birch, but let me check really fast. Um, yeah, Tyler G. Birch, um, B-U-R-C-H. And so you can find me there. Um, I've actually been posting a lot more on there recently than LinkedIn, um, just because you can like kind of fire off a tweet and it's like, well, I'll just like fire another one off in like yeah. 10 minutes or something. Um, it's kind of like ideas that come to you. At, and so I've, I've appreciated that lately as I've like gotten a little bit busier, but um, yeah, LinkedIn and Twitter are both great places um, to find me there. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, Definitely valuable stuff. Yeah, I appreciate it, Sam. You have a good one, man. Hey, everybody, before you go, thanks a ton for listening to the podcast. We would love it if you dropped us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. It'll only take you about four seconds. Last thing, if you're in marketing or you simply love it and want to learn more, subscribe to our email list today. You'll get weekly podcast updates as well as a solid marketing tip delivered right to your inbox. So if you want that tip sent to you every single week, subscribe today at oneclickagency.com forward slash podcast. That's oneclickagency.com forward slash podcast and you'll get marketing advice that you can apply to your company right away. Oneclickagency.com forward slash podcast.